All right, what's up? Obviously, from the uh, title, if you're listening to this, I don't know what to call this podcast. Uh, I've never been the most creative person with naming things, and, you know, I just don't know what to fucking call it. So, I guess I might as well just go with the, uh, I don't know what to call the sports podcast with Cameron Wyatt. That's me. And now that you're here, got some things to talk about. Got some things to talk about. First things first. I I don't know how people actually feel about it. And obviously, at this point, the trade has already happened. Things have been said. Things have been done that are irreparable at this point with the NBA and this James Harden Ben Simmons deal. And I just want to bring a certain thing to light that I'm sure some people have heard, some people have already said themselves, but there's a problem with the NBA media at this point with what is said about certain players and their actions in, you know, in in the year in their career, I guess. Uh a lot of it is from ESPN. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to lie to you. It, a lot of it is from those shitbirds at ESPN. Now, I love a lot of the guys at ESPN. I love watching content that they make. I love watching the show on television. I love, you know, especially PTI with Kornheiser and, uh, and uh, Wilbon. That's like probably one of the best sports shows ever. And that's why those two have been some of the most respected men in the industry for a very long time. I even like Around the Horn, even though it's literally like the typical, stereotypical sports show of four, I guess five people kind of yelling at each other on a screen. And then one of them gets points, one of them gets points taken away. It's kind of stupid, but (laughs) it's like the perfect amount of stupid for me. I think that's why I love it. But when you when you have these shows like First Take or just anything, I'll be honest, anything with Stephen A. Smith, it's like you know when he's talking to you, when he's talking to you, he, it's like he actually is in the room with you, and with the words that he says to you, he, it's like he grabs you by the face and he just grabs you and he just like looks you in the eyes and he tells you, like. What I'm saying is what is true. And I'll admit, like, I'd do that too. Like, I'm going to do that probably from time to time. But, I mean, I'm just some kid. I'm just some dude. Like, if Stephen A. Smith is utilizing the same tactics as me, as me, then that's just blasphemous. And I use that intentionally. That's blasphemous. I just don't understand with the NBA media why it's okay to just make up all these fake trades and make up all these fake possibilities and try to start narratives for teams like Stephen A. Smith does by saying that the Los Angeles Lakers need to trade Anthony Davis. They need to get the most out of him by getting rid of him. Like that, Anthony Davis is one of the five fucking best players in the NBA when he's actually healthy. Now, that statement is very loaded because... Half the time he is not healthy, and half the time, even when he is healthy, 
he gets banged up and he has to leave the game either for the rest of the game or for an undetermined period of time. And the Lakers kind of just have to make do with either fucking Kent Bazemore or Dwight Howard or fucking when they say fuck it and they throw LeBron at the five. Like this team makes no sense. And I think that's really the only reason that Anthony Davis has just fallen out of love with a lot of these people in the NBA media because we were going into the season saying, you know, <laughs> this is going to be the year that Anthony Davis, if the Los Angeles Lakers go to the finals, Anthony Davis has to be the MVP of the team. Not LeBron, not Russell Westbrook. This was going to be Anthony Davis' team. Anthony Davis's team. I don't think he's been that disappointment, that big of a disappointment because, I mean, yeah, sure. I hate the fact that he's not leading the league in scoring and being one of the most dominant people on the court every single time he's playing. Sure, he has some low field goal percentages. You know, he's shooting 17% from three, but he's also even shooting 17% from three. There's only one guy who has a better field goal percentage than him, and that's Dwight Howard. I guess DeAndre Jordan has a, a better field goal percentage too, but I mean... I don't, I don't think people really care about DeAndre Jordan that much anymore. Um, so where am I going with this? Yeah, I get it. No, I remember where I was going. I get it. Anthony Davis not being the most dominant player in the NBA right now sucks, and it's not something. It's not a standard that he should be playing at. But just can like people treat him like. They're treating Chris Apps Porzingis the past year or so. They think Anthony Davis is just some like guy who has been a massive failure as a as a franchise centerpiece. You know, Chris Apps Porzingis was probably a major fail for the Dallas Mavericks. But at least if you think about it, I mean, the worst that they gave up was first round picks. They traded Hardaway Jr., which they ended up getting Tim Hardaway Jr. back somehow. I don't remember how that happened. I think they either traded for him back or they just signed him in free agency because he knew. Didn't he go from New York to Dallas, back to New York, back to Dallas? I don't know. I know Tim Hardaway Jr.'s had a crazy, kind of crazy career, but maybe they didn't trade Tim Hardaway Jr. I know for sure they traded Dennis Smith Jr., some, prick, some picks, and... There might have been one more player involved in that trade. But at the end of the day, they didn't trade a whole lot to get Kristaps Porzingis. And the only reason that he didn't work out because was because he was so injured. Los Angeles Lakers, and I hate saying this because I know everyone will say, well, you should be in it to win every single year. You need to have the championship team every single year. For the Los Angeles Lakers, they got a championship. Yes, it's probably going to be one of the most scrutinized NBA championships ever because they played what a five seed in the Miami Heat who beat everybody's expectations the Lakers didn't have to see Giannis in the finals the Lakers didn't have to see who else was really good in the bubble that year who uh Boston they didn't have to see Boston they didn't have to see anybody that was a really incredible established team they got an up-and-coming Heat team that was easy for them to defend and easy for them to beat because of a very very big advantage in the rebounding game over the Miami Heat. With that said, that's still a championship that you add to your tally. That's still a number that they are going to hold over the Boston Celtics' head for the rest of time as long as it holds the way it is right now. 
So there's really no reason for the Lakers right now to be freaking out about, oh my God, we're 28 and 30 right now, or we're 26 and 30. You know, the Atlanta Hawks were what? How, how terrible was their record at one point last year? And they made the Eastern Conference Finals. Say, and the exact same thing for the Heat that I just brought up a minute ago. They were the fifth seed in the Eastern Conference, and they made it all the way to the NBA Finals, given it was the year in the bubble. But there's a lot of guys who have said so far that that was the hardest championship that they ever won was that L.A. Lakers championship in the bubble. That's what a lot of guys have said. And even guys who are not a, a part of the Lakers were saying that, especially with everything just going on at the time, you know? And I don't want it to sound like punting on the season is what I'm saying. I'm just saying, like, there's a lot of teams that... And this kind of goes back to the media thing, too. Uh, I guess this comes full circle with what I was saying. You know, other teams... Teams like the Portland Trailblazers, right? Or who's another team that isn't the Portland Trailblazers that's kind of like a playoff team? So like the Chicago Bulls, right? I mean, if the Chicago Bulls, you put them in L.A., okay? You put the Chicago Bulls roster in L.A. You look at this team, Lonzo Ball goes down. I think DeMar went down at the same period, and Zach Levine, and I think Vucevic was also down at the exact same time. The Chicago Bulls will be getting talked about like they are... Oh, and Alex Caruso is out right now, too, with that broken wrist. People will be talking about the Chicago Bulls if they were in L.A. Like, oh my God, give up on the season. Trade everybody that you can because the season's a wash and get as much value out of it out of it as you can because there's no way you can win the finals right now. There's no way that you can be a contender. That's exactly what the Los Angeles Lakers are going through right now. I think... What's weird about it, too, is anytime you bring up a conversation about LeBron James and Anthony Davis and you say LeBron James is, if not the best player in the NBA still at this point when he is actually playing, which, like Anthony Davis, LeBron's only played four more games than AD, too. Now, he's nine years older, but he's not the Iron Man that he used to be. Uh, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, I was saying you put the Bulls in L.A. with all these injuries. They'd be getting talked about like the Lakers are getting talked about right now, like punting on the season, getting rid of as many assets as you can, trading Anthony Davis at the end of the season because obviously it's not working out because he can't stay healthy. Like, what? What are we talking about? What are we? This guy won you a championship. He did what he was supposed to do. He did the one thing he was supposed to do for the Los Angeles Lakers, win a title. Can you, I mean, there's only been two other teams that have won a title since the Lakers won a title, right? Am I like, am I freaking out when I say that? Or not even two different teams. There's been one different team to win the finals since LeBron and AD won it in the bubble, right? I mean, Giannis's finals was the only one that happened, right? Like, am, am I just like, am I losing it? I don't think so. I think, you know, <laughs> the Bucks won it last year, and that was the year after. Yeah, so, like, there's been one champion since the Lakers won. There's been one. Now, yes, they, get, they got killed in the playoffs last year. They got destroyed, and they deserved to get destroyed because they were not a good team last year. They're not a very good team this year. They're not. 
But don't fault Anthony Davis and tell him he needs to get his bags packing because he's not bringing everything to the team when, A, the team that's been built around him has been not only subpar, not only has it been a below average, this is possibly the worst supporting cast, a top two, you know, LeBron and AD are two of the top 10 players in the NBA right now. This is the worst supporting cast that two of the top 10 NBA players have ever had in NBA history. Like, it has to be. You're telling me that at the beginning of the season, you're relying on a well-past-his-prime, mid-30s Carmelo Anthony, a Rajon Rondo that you would later trade, a Dwight Howard who has been out of his prime for about three years, still a solid backup center, I will say, but very past his prime, DeAndre Jordan, who's in a much worse place than Dwight Howard, Malik Monk, who was just given up on by Charlotte, in a career year. And Russell Westbrook, who has been one of the league's most inefficient players over the past five seasons. And you're telling me this is Anthony Davis's fault. I just don't agree. I don't agree. Let's go ahead and switch some gears to the NFL. And what, what, what this Aaron Rodgers thing looks like. You know, because Aaron Rodgers is the MVP of the league. He is the most valuable player in the NFL. And not only that, he has a chance to change teams. He has a chance to say, sorry, Green Bay, didn't work out. We won the Super Bowl. We went to, they go to another Super Bowl. I think they went to another Super Bowl and they lost it. Either way, they only won one Super Bowl in as much time as they had with Aaron Rodgers. And that's a disappointment. And now he needs to leave. Um, now, am I saying Green Bay is a bad option for him to go back to? No, because if he goes back to Green Bay, they're probably getting Devontae Adams back. They still have Lazard. They still have the same head coach and the same system. Just another year in the system. Good offensive line, good defense. They have a shot at going to the Super Bowl again next year if Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback. That's just the truth. But it's not his best option. It's... Probably his fourth or fifth best option. And no, I don't think Denver is a better option than Green Bay. I don't think, what what's another team that some people have been talking about for Aaron Rodgers? Uh, either way, with this Broncos thing, and I know a lot of Broncos fans are, you know, got their panties all in a bunch because Peyton Manning went to their team. And when I say that Aaron Rodgers, they don't deserve Aaron Rodgers, I am going to get like just so much hate. I understand because smart people get shade thrown at them when they say things that seem crazy. But I mean, has Denver done anything? You tell me. In the years before Peyton Manning and in between, what am I saying here? In the years since Peyton Manning retired, and the years before Peyton Manning got there, so that time after and before Peyton Manning's time in, in Denver, what has what have the Broncos done? They had one Tim Tebow postseason game. And other than that, they have not made the playoffs since John Elway was a quarterback. This is not a franchise that has been built correctly to just say that, oh, Let's bring in Aaron Rodgers, and he's going to be the very final piece 
to win a Super Bowl for the Saints. No, no, no. I get it. Javante Williams is a solid young running back. I get it. Melvin Gordon is a good running back as well. Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, and Noah Fant are a good receiving core. And their defense is good. But what screams we need Aaron Rodgers or we deserve Aaron Rodgers or we are the team that if Aaron Rodgers goes to, we get over the hump and he gets over the hump for a Super Bowl win. Especially when you consider you're putting him in a division with Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and even though I don't like Derek Carr, he's the best fourth best quarterback in any division. He's the best worst quarterback that any division has to offer. And that is nowhere near a lie. So you're telling Aaron Rodgers he's probably going to go to a team that is going to split the divisional games because there's no way they're winning an arrowhead. And that's not even a slight at their team. That's just how good Kansas City is. There's probably no way that they're beating Justin Herbert twice. And the Las Vegas Raiders, depending on what they do with the offense, they're going to be new. And Denver's going to be seeing them once at least for the first time ever. That's probably going to be a loss for them as well. So you're looking at, at best, a team that's going to split their divisional games. They're going to be going against better teams than them at most of their position groups on a majority of their games. I don't get why Aaron... There's nobody on their team that dominates at the level that Aaron Rodgers dominates at. Unless they get Devontae Adams, and even with that, who defensively is just a dominating piece every single play of the game? Yeah, sure. Justin Simmons is good. Bradley Chubb, when he's healthy, is good. Uh, they have Bouye, right? Yeah, A.J. Bouye is really good. But <laughs> what what really screams Aaron Rodgers, come here and you'll win a Super Bowl? I don't know what does. Now, who do I think? You know, I think there's a couple teams in Florida, namely the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, that deserve a chance at Aaron Rodgers because... Let's be honest, this is a better situation for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to get Aaron Rodgers than it is to get Tom Brady, because Tom Brady was already well past, he was well past 40 by the time he went to Tampa Bay. Uh, Aaron Rodgers still has a few years before he's getting into that very, very old stratosphere that Tom Brady was playing at, and if they get him now, maybe they can reverse some of the, you know, the time that was taken off of his ticker due to playing up in Green Bay because, you know, he probably would love living in Florida a little bit more. You know, California kid, he'd be getting back to the heat a little bit. And in a football sense, there's no better offensive line among the teams that are going to make a play for Aaron Rodgers. There's probably no better offensive line than what the Buccaneers had. There's probably no better wide receiver core. And even without Chris Godwin... You're probably saying that Devontae Adams is coming to the team, which even when Chris Godwin comes back, that makes that a deadly, probably the best wide receiver trio we've ever seen between him, Godwin, and Mike Evans. We don't know what's going to happen with Gronk. We don't know about their tight end position. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. Tight end's always replaceable. That's why a retired Gronkowski was a great tight end still. Defensively, they're still great with the young stars. 
young stars. Their corners are very young and good. The defensive line has a lot of stars. Their linebackers, especially Devin White and Levante David, those two are still going to be the pride and soul of the defense. With Antoine Winfield in the back end, with with everything that they got, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers seem like a perfect situation. I mean, like, am I wrong for saying that? I don't think I am. And I don't think there's any sort of like pride loss from Aaron Rodgers when he says, Oh, I'm going to the same team that Aaron or that Tom Brady just left and Tom Brady won the Super Bowl with his team. I might as well go down there and get one for myself. I, I don't think I don't think he cares about that. I think he just wants to win. I think he just wants to be on a team that actually deserves his time. And I'm sorry, but the Denver Broncos don't deserve Aaron Rodgers' time. He has very little time left in this league. And if he wants to get another Super Bowl, he needs to go to a team that actually deserves the time. Now, are there other teams? Yeah, sure. I like Pittsburgh. I like Pittsburgh as a suitor. I like for, I like the 49ers as a really good suitor. I think the 49ers make a lot of sense, too. Because it's probably not going to be Trey Lance. It's probably not going to be Trey Lance's job next year. Uh, I can see a lot of names from Aaron Rodgers to even Carson Wentz being the quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers next year. Um... You know, there's going to be some teams that are going to be saying that they are in the mix, but are probably just nowhere near. Uh, you know, Cleveland Browns are probably in the quarterback market this year. There's no way the Cleveland Browns are getting Aaron Rodgers. The Carolina Panthers, there's no reason for him to go there. I mean, Christian McCaffrey's cool, and their defense has young, good players, but there's no one great on that team. Minnesota Vikings are a really intriguing option because you're giving Aaron Rodgers one of the best running backs in the NFL, one of the best receivers in the NFL, and one of the best defenses in the NFL, even though they did not play like it last year. Uh, but there's no way Green Bay trades him to Minnesota. That's just That would be probably the stupidest move. It would be looked at as one of the stupidest moves in NFL history. Um, but at the same time... I think there is something to be said for comfort in the NFL because as annoying as the NBA gets and as 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 strange as the MLB can be at times, I think the NFL is probably the most uncomfortable league to play in because of literally how much physical pain you are put on put in every single game. I think it's a longer season. It's when you talk about training camp, off-season programs, OTAs. Uh, you know, if your team makes it to the Super Bowl or just deep in the playoffs, it's another extra month of work that you're doing. Plus, all the off-the-field work you're doing, watching film, practicing, uh, weight training, uh, conditioning. It's probably the hardest sport in the world. Like, let's be real. Other than maybe hockey, it's football through and through or rugby i guess rugby rugby probably is tougher on the body without those pads i mean no not even probably but definitely there's something to say to be said of the little comfortability that you can get in the nfl and playing for the green bay packers is a comfortable position for aaron Rodgers. a because he's done it before b because it's not somewhere that everywhere you look you're going to be just seeing heinous terrible things like you would in LA like you would in New York and I don't mean heinous like illegal things I just mean like everywhere you look you you have a camera in your face you have paparazzi snapping pictures of whoever you and 
you're with are doing and you know just everywhere you look it's it's no privacy in green bay he probably has a lot better privacy than he would anywhere else and i think that's why he's stayed in green bay so long i think that's why at this point there aren't really that many rumors going around that he's gonna leave and you know it probably makes the most sense for him to stay because it's a team like i said he's comfortable with the coach the coach was handpicked for aaron and it's been so far a successful marriage between Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers. They have the best record in the NFL since Matt LaFleur has been hired as the head coach there. All they need is one magical run. And admittedly, that is sometimes tough to get when you have one of those weather games where, you know, it's just snow on the ground all game and whoever can run the ball better wins the game. That's why San Fernand made it to the conference championship because they could run the ball in the snow and Green Bay couldn't move the ball in the snow. That's just that's that's just the fact of the matter. Um, but there's no other place that Green Bay, or there's no other place that Aaron Rodgers can go to that matches the one thing that Green Bay can give Aaron Rodgers, and that's just a sustainable comfort that he has always been able to say he can have there. No matter what's going on in his life, if he's in Green Bay things aren't as bad as they would be in LA. They're not as bad as they would be in New York. They're not as bad as they would be anywhere. If he's playing for Dallas, you know, Miami, you know, he's just in a market that suits him. And I think that's probably going to be the deciding factor of him just staying in, in Green Bay and just saying, hey, you know, let's run this back because we, we've had the best team in the NFL statistically over the past two years. And it's just, it's just, you know, it's comfortable. It's comfortable. All right. Uh, let's see. We're at 26 minutes right here. You know, very first episode. I'm going to go ahead and cut it off here. But uh, I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, if you made it all the way through this 26 minutes, you just heard me probably give the worst 26 minutes you've ever heard. But I promise you come back and you listen to this again, it'll be a little bit better. It won't be good, but it'll be a little bit better. All right. I'll see you later. Bye-bye.